Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle to Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And this is episode six for us. Ooh. Which is... Uh, oh, ooh, you're a woo girl still. Uh-huh. Um, it never wore off. <laughs> Once you go woo girl, you never go back. That sounds like Yikes. not what I intended, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we're fueling all the rumors. Oh, good lord. Um, So last week we did tease that we were going to talk about uh, travel safety and our polite kidnapping in China, but due to recent events, we've kind of, we've changed this week's episode a little bit. Sorry, Melinda's mom. I know you were looking forward to the China story. She is. She is. But um, before we get into this nitty-gritty of this episode we kind of want to do an update of things that's going on for us this week yeah sarah's parents on a cruise yeah so last week we talked about how terrifying cruises are and before anybody says anything we know not all cruises hashtag not all cruises (laughs) (laughs) but at the end of the episode i said you know this isn't really reassuring me considering my parents are about to leave on a cruise and lo and behold, two days into their cruise, my mom texts text me and says, so um, there was a fire on our ship last night. We're fine, but it smells a little smoky in here. It just, it's making it, um, it's bringing the outdoor camping experience to the sea. It's like smoked salmon. Right? It's a little bit better with that nice smoky flavor. Well, it's not smoked salmon if there's no smoky flavor. What I'm saying, you know what I mean. Smoked (laughs) salmon has a nice flavor that you don't get from regular salmon. (laughs) If I don't call you out on this, who will? Anyways, (laughs) so your parents' cruise only had a minor fire, and now it has a campfire smell to things. Yeah, I I just love that how quickly the universe confirmed my suspicion about cruises. It's like, what's this? You think they're scary? Boom, your parents are in a fire. They weren't in a fire. Well, I don't know how far it was from their room. They're not being super communicative, probably because they aren't paying for the internet package on their ship, but... One thing we do know is that they got some pretty sweet hats, and there's photos of them and their hats rolling in, which I'm quite enjoying. I like them. Yeah, my mom had mentioned that she had bought a hat, one for each of them, and they weren't matching, so don't judge, because we wouldn't do something that silly. But oh boy, did they get some good hats. I like them. I like it. Well done. I approve. You would. You're the one who forced me to get a hat in China. Yeah, it was in China. Yeah, but that helped so much with like not being on fire so much. No, no, no. See, here's the the thing. It helped you because it fit your head. Oh, It did not help me. It gave me headaches because I knew I needed to wear something to block the sun, but this hat was ever so slightly too small. And I was like, oh God, you know when you have a ponytail in that's too tight and at the end of the day, your head just kind of hurts? It was like that, but all day. Sorry, I have a tiny Asian head that works with the tiny Asian-headed hats that you buy in Asia. Oh, it was so painful. I freaking love my hat. I know. I have mine somewhere. I'd just rather not wear it again because it hurt. (laughs) Not unless you're really desperate for a sun hat. Yep. So, yeah, that was the update on my parents' cruise. Thank you, universe. You have answered the questions (laughs) I had. No more cruises for anybody. But uh, my my update of the week comes from my work. I work at a grocery store, so life shouldn't be nearly as exciting as it actually ends up being there. But yesterday, we had a car tweaker saga. Go on. <laughs> Is this like the Twilight Saga? 
Uh, shorter. It was maybe like an hour and a half, maybe two hours long. But a customer came in and told us that there was some woman outside tweaking out on drugs. She's freaking out saying people are fighting underneath her car. Obviously. Underneath her car. Not by it or anything. It's underneath and you could check the hood. Was it the borrowers? Did she have borrowers under her car? Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one that immediately thought the borrowers. (laughs) Pea Green. Did you know that the kid who played the little boy in the borrowers went on to be Draco Malfoy. Yes, and it makes me laugh. I love it. Tiny baby Draco. But anyways, so we go out there, check out, see what's going on. The car's not at the side of the building anymore because they're like they're in the car. It's just running. They've managed to push it over to our gas station and they're just over there. She's outside of her car. She's not wearing shoes. And there's some dude that was with her. So it's like, okay, so let's call the police, have them do a wellness check on them and make sure that like they're okay to be driving or don't need medical help because maybe they're gone off too far on whatever they're on. Generally speaking, if you see borrowers under your car, you're probably not well enough to drive. I would think no. I would think that you are far too impaired. So we call, they come out, do the wellness check and, you know, tell them they need to move along. They can get gas, but they need to move along. They can't just camp there. So that's what it is. I get a call later from the fuel station and they're like, yeah, they're still out there. She wants a cab. So we told her we're going to have to tow her car because it's not starting anymore. They're stuck. They're blocking the pumps. So we get a tow truck called and then we're waiting for that. It takes a while usually. And then I get a call back from the fuel station. They're like, yeah. So we just called the cops because now she's tried to get into somebody else's car <laughs> while they were in it. And the dude that she was with just, he left. He did. But yeah, she tried to get into some stranger's car with them in it. I don't know if she's trying to like take it or just like get a ride with them or something. But yeah, she is now trespassed. I think you're painting this all in the wrong light. So here's my take. She is just super social. And you, as someone who doesn't like people, can't understand that you could just make friends with someone and climb in their car. No, (laughs) you can't. There's a lot of stories on the internet right now about like fake Ubers and Lyfts that are like discouraging people from getting into random cars. You clearly- She was not doing life right. You clearly did not grow up with my mother because getting into a random person's car because she's just made friends with them is absolutely something she would do. I just- (laughs) No. I try not to get into random cars with strangers. Every time that my mom came down to visit me, which wasn't all that often back when I was in LA, she would post an ad on Craigslist asking for people who wanted to come with her. And every time I'm like, mother, don't use Craigslist this way. It is for prostitution only. Like, Well, now it is. (laughs) It used to be for prostitutions and getting rid of your old futon. Come on. Yeah, it's like, unless it's a futon, you don't put it in your car. Just don't. Or she would ask, can I transport stuff for you? across state lines no stop offering to do sketchy things my god did she ever accidentally smuggle 200 pounds of coke somewhere (laughs) in a very nice suitcase yeah that can hold a lot of weight apparently (laughs) but no like we even checked the cameras at the side of the building and we could see her like getting down on the ground and looking underneath her car for the people that were fighting underneath it (laughs) borrowers are very shifty you can't trust them i feel like they've become a lot more sketchy since the 90s i guess so but we had a good laugh over that because it was just it was nuts sounds like you had an eventful day yeah Yeah, it was a calm tweaker, at least. It wasn't anything major. Like, hey, I might have to give this person compressions for CPR. Oh, but hey, at least you were there just in case. Yeah. At least they didn't poop in your store. No, we've had a lot of that. Yeah, we've had a lot of that. Grocery stores involve a lot more pooping than you'd think. Because I know other poop in grocery stores stories from other people. (laughs) 
there's a there's a inside to grocery stores that most people don't know and it's dark and there's poop well, that's appealing and reassuring that's the word i was looking for anywho's <laughs> uh in-flight cocktails for the week what you got sarah i got a teeny tiny bottle of white wine sauvignon blanc it says it's from france so i'm gonna trust it but it was in the sketchy, cheap section of the store, so I'm not going to mention the brand and make myself look like an idiot. You know, when you mention, like, oh, I bought this wine, and someone feels the need to go, oh, that's rather, uh, God, what's a good, I can't think of the word. Basic. That's very basic of you, essentially. That's what I was going for. So um, it's cheap, and I'm not going to fully own up to how cheap. Just know that it's cheap. Yeah, Yeah, but it's French, so... I mean, it's got to be good. It's fine. It's fine. Ish. It's fine. I. But it came in a little bottle and makes me feel like a giant. And that's really all I want out of a bottle of wine. I'm judging. Don't judge that should me. not be all you want from a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me, miss. On our very first trip abroad together, I got three pictures of you holding little bottles of wine I'm and like, giggling. It's so cute because it was so cute. <laughs> so cute so what are you drinking uh i have wine red wine because i'm classier like that but i'm not opening it yet because it's actually a part of my pot roast that i have to assemble later today boring i think you should open it now and chug it down no i need like half a cup for the pot roast chug 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 god no that doesn't really work on either of us does it no it was worth a shot was it one of these days okay crazy lady (sighs) Anyways, should we get to the heart of everything on this one? Should we get to the heart of matters? Because it's the heart that matters most. That was a Counting Crows reference, and I realized that is both incredibly dated and very (laughs) niche. (laughs) I was waiting for it to be like a Melissa Etheridge quote or something. Like Adam Duritz and Melissa Etheridge are basically the same person. Just one has worse hair. Which one? Adam Duritz has white guy dreadlocks. Oh, oh, yeah. He wins. Any yeah, it's pretty bad. The main story that's going around on the internet is that recently, last week, for listening time purposes, uh, Notre Dame caught on fire, and they're pretty sure it's not from the protesters or anything that's going on, but it's from the renovations that were happening on it. Yeah, and the scaffolding has been up around Notre Dame since sometime last year, so they've been working on it for a long time which i that's not really out of the ordinary things like that no where they're really old it takes time to properly do careful renovations for them yeah exactly and i think anyone who spent any time in europe in the past 10 years know that almost all of the landmarks are going under some form of renovation yeah like the cologne cathedral they've had scaffolding up since i was what 15 off and on since then but i felt like the first time you and i went there was less scaffolding outside than when we took my sister there yeah so on the one hand it's fantastic that they're taking the time to take care of these important landmarks but on the other hand as we now know there's a hazard involved in that that these buildings are not designed for electricity and right renovation takes a lot of it well and the fact that they were so worried that um, that everything would catch on fire because it's very old, very dry wood, and that goes up really quick. And the fact that there's they're such tall ceilings, that's a lot of oxygen to help fuel the fire and just make yeah, it go exactly. that much faster than it, it already would with the old dry wood. But um, they're also concerned that everything that was near the fire would be incinerated just from the extreme heat from mm-hmm. the flames and that they would lose so, so much more 
than they actually did. They got pretty darn lucky too on that. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I've read, fortunately, they had enough time to go in and retrieve most of what was of significance. Yeah, things that's not to say they. Yeah, I mean, there are statues that were certainly far too heavy to be moved, but statues are slightly more, I don't know, protected against flame. Maybe I I know one of the big things that they're really glad that they were able to save was the the crown of thorns and there was something mm-hmm. else i can't remember what it was but the crown of thorns was something really major that they're like ecstatic to have saved they were bummed they had some uh stained glass windows but it's not like you can save those actually the footage shows that they have largely been saved have they okay i thought they lost like yeah three the windows were not blown out yeah they had three major rose windows and from what i've seen at least two of them are still intact i'm certain they're probably damaged in some yeah. way yeah but they're there, which means restoration might be possible. In the next, Hopefully. like, 45 years. Yeah. It's just, it's... Uh, well, apparently, um, Macron, is he prime minister or president? He's president um, of France, said that he anticipates it taking no more than five years. That sounds very ambitious to me. I think if you look at like, another cathedral like La Sagrada Familia, you can see that it's possible for a cathedral to be under construction for a very, very long yeah. time. But I also get why they would want to kind of expedite everything just because it is such a major landmark. That's one of the major draws to, to Paris, I think, is probably Notre Dame and the Eiffel Tower. Maybe yeah, the Arc de Triomphe. And the Louvre. Mm, Those are like mm, yeah. that's, the major things. Yeah, that's what you go to Paris for, basically. Yeah, so... Hopefully he'll get it. I mean, it's not as if he's doing it himself. Hopefully it will be done quickly, but it'll never ever be exactly the same. No, no. And it's a shame they lost the spire. Yeah, so absolutely. Major armor. It sounds like they're hopeful. Like, which is good. I mean, you, like no matter what, you probably have to portray that. Like we're hopeful. We have a lot. We can we can fix this because that's that's a pretty big big blow to their history and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you are not a fan of the Catholic Church, even if you've never been to France before, it's still such a loss. It is. Because it is not just a religious monument. It is it's history. It's art. It's culture. It's so, so many things to so many people that, I mean, it was, I think it was painful for a lot of people to watch on the news. I know I was sitting on the bus messaging my sister and I was just about to lose it because there's so much seeped in one location. Like, it's so much to so many people that losing it is just it's devastating yeah absolutely and um i've i've witnessed firsthand an old building with very old dry wood going up really really fast in my neighborhood where i grew up like a kind of across the main street from us there was a tiny little japanese store ran from a family that has owned that store forever like they knew the history of the large trees in front of her house and knew that they were planted before world war ii they actually had a really good friend that was able to watch the family store for them like take care of it and everything because they got sent off to one of the japanese concentration camps and they just had that store forever it was a lot of history and it ended up catching on fire and it went so fast and then Mm -hmm. all you can think about is that there's so much history and everything that's just gone in a blink of an eye nobody was hurt fortunately but it's it's just i don't know it's crazy to watch and just see it just go Mm -hmm. so 
you know? Yeah, and there are certain places on this planet that you would never consider that they might not be there. Right. You don't you don't think about that, especially when you're you're kind of a kid. You don't think this is ever gonna change. Like these places that have been standing for years and years, they're never gonna go anywhere. Yeah. It's just it's out of the realm of possibility mentally. It just it's hard to fathom. It is. And there's already places in the world that we've lost or that we've we've drastically changed. Notre Dame's one of them, another one is is the Christchurch Cathedral that's in New Zealand that ended up being just it was like pretty much decimated from the earthquake yeah the spire and the main tower came down like the the building is still there it's but still a, functions, a lot of but it, it came down it'll never be the same no. yeah there's there's many many examples of things like that yeah absolutely um like for instance in california in the one of the major forests there is a tree called the pioneer cabin tree this tree was so large that they were able to put a road through it oh like you could drive through this tree and there were storms recently and it just came down this tree has stood there for who knows how long many many years big enough to have enough rings that you could drive a subaru not a subaru a suburban through it like it's a huge tree subaru suburban same thing Uh, one's bigger than the other i feel so uh good try slightly um so there's so many instances of things like this like it would be like someone telling you mickey mouse died like how that what no mickey mouse is forever Yeah, that's, or like telling you that Disneyland or Disney parks are no longer a thing. They're just done. Yeah, your mind can't process it. And so, yeah, I mean, I was sitting, like I said, on the bus, watching this all happen on my phone in complete disbelief, like looking around, seeing if anybody else had heard. Because I caught on to it when uh, Nomadic Matt, he is a travel blogger, vlogger dude. He happened to be at a hotel really nearby um, Notre Dame and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's the college. Uh, And he said, hey, I'm going to go live because... I think Notre Dame's on fire. Like, oh, that that can't that can't be real. So I'm just sitting there watching it, going, "Oh my god, this doesn't make sense." Yeah, uh, I had everybody blowing up my phone, and they're like, "Did you ever ever get to go and see France and the you know the cathedral and everything?" And I'm like, "Nope." I had planned to about two years ago because my sister and I wanted to see the Tour de France. Only cycling I'm interested in is just the tour. Um, but we were gonna go because it kicked off. We're Sarah was and we're like Mm -hmm. sweet let's start there let's watch the kickoff let's pop over to France and check out France before it gets all crowded and I can't be there for like four weeks for the tour you know and that would have been for Mm -hmm. sure one of the things we would have gone to because I'm not religious whatsoever but I like going into the old cathedrals and just seeing the architecture and everything and just it's amazing yeah and because these cathedrals were built at a time where the church was the center of all wealth they were elaborate because they had the money to make them elaborate yeah they paid the top artists they had the best architects they had the best stained glass yeah and so that's why in any given place the cathedral is probably the most beautiful place you can visit whether or not you believe in the church there's an undeniable importance to these landmarks and And one of the things that i kept go ahead you can see some really cool stained glass of some really sassy saints samuel the judgy with the sheep (laughs) one of my favorites when we were in was it the cathedral in dublin is that where we saw him i think so (laughs) i don't know where we were 
I think it was the cathedral in Dublin and there was a stained glass window of a saint. It was Saint Samuel and there is sort of the scrolling banner around him that said something about how Saint Samuel presides over this congregation um, passing judgment or something. That sounds it about was right. Very something about... It was very strange. He just looked so judgy and he's my favorite. And this might just be my memory playing tricks on me, but I think he had his arms crossed and he looked a little sassy. I was like, wow, Samuel the judgy. And ever since then, I don't know anything about any of the saints, but I know Samuel's judgy. But that was his role. So uh, gold star, Saint Samuel. Well done. Anywho, go on. Yeah, I guess the point of that was that you never know for certain that something will be there. Like, I think there's a lot of people who say, oh, I'll visit the Eiffel Tower someday. Or, oh, I'll see the Statue of Liberty someday. And I think what the fire in Notre Dame proved is that someday is not forever. No, Nothing's forever. Uh, So the point is just that don't put off till someday because someday is not guaranteed for anyone or anything. With that in mind, we also looked into places that we currently know will not be with us forever. Places that you might want to consider looking into sooner rather than later because, for instance, the Great Barrier Reef. (laughs) Words are hard. The Great Barrier Reef. That. That's the one. That place. That place. Yeah, that one. I feel like that's something we've known has been endangered or like we're ruining it since probably the 90s. At least then. At least, yeah. So long as we've known about sunscreen, we have been damaging the reef. And I'm sure it predates that by a great deal as well. But sunscreen is evidently quite hazardous for the reef. Right, because it's killing off um, everything that lives in it, the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's bad news bears. And it has, as many of us know, been facing a big bleaching. Um... I cannot find words today. What is the word I'm looking for? Sunscreen is... It's facing a bleaching event. Okay. Is that the official uh, word that they're using for it? Nope. I mean, it sounds good. Yeah, sunscreen has been destroying it. That's something that we know for sure. It's it's us. We're causing this damage as, you know, yeah. people that are wanting to see it. Um, Something, well, I mean, Antarctica, that's, I don't know, a combination of things. Is that us or is it just the universe going through its... its- rotation of i well yeah i'm pretty positive any given natural disaster has some smidge of us right yeah in its cause Uh, but i think the other issue is that increased tourism to antarctica is not doing it any favors either probably not i mean for being a such an extreme climate it's not it's not supposed to be hosting humans let's just put it that way like we're not supposed to be there do you remember um mary from tall timbers yes did you know that her daughter lived in antarctica lived yep she was on one of the scientific bases okay okay i'm like did like just for funsies or (laughs) she didn't just wander down there and be like you know what I'm going to build a house here. I live here now. This is my herd, my flock of penguins. <laughs> See how they waddle. They follow me like a baby, like baby ducks. Like a baby. That would be my life dream. I just want to see penguins, you guys. And I will cry like Kristen Bell did over the sloth. That's going to be me with so penguins. So if any of you have access to penguins and want to invite us to visit. Oh, 
Remember that one time we tried to see a penguin parade? <laughs> we were in Scotland and the zoo in Edinburgh advertised that they do a penguin parade, um, but they don't force the penguins to do anything. They open the gates and then kind of guide them. And if they come out, they come out. If they don't, cool. There was one penguin that wandered out of the, the enclosure and her name was Khaleesi. And she was new. But she had no dragons, which was very disappointing. How do you know she wasn't the mother penguin of dragons? <laughs> Oh, you've been watching Game of Thrones. I'm so proud of you. I'm trying. I need a. I've watched like one, the first full episode, and and that's it. And then it's just been bits of episodes. I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't had time. But you know, if any penguin should come out of its enclosure and try to lead the others, it's got to be the one named Khaleesi. It makes perfect sense. It does. I'm sure it does. I'll just agree with you. But yeah, there was no yes. penguin. When in doubt, that day. agree with me. <laughs> yeah, it was so sad, and this poor little penguin wandered out and kind of looked over her shoulder like buddies guys buddies are you coming with me (laughs) where are my friends i need a buddy summon my dragons she didn't say that no she's but she wanted to maybe she squawked it i don't know but um yeah antarctica is another one um venice is sling Ooh, venice is sinking not slinking it's sinking and they're having a lot more devastating floods yeah and they've built these barriers around venice to try to keep the water out but evidently they are not doing much because what was it sometime last year they had massive massive flooding they mean they do fairly frequently but there was one last year that was above and beyond yeah it was more water than they typically got and that water is not clean no it did not look healthy. No, mm-hmm. and there's warnings like you need to, you can't be like tromping out in this in your sandals, even though it's summer. Like you kind of need some good tall wellies or something because this this is shit water. <laughs> there's two ways to interpret that, and both are accurate. Yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, luckily, the common theme we're seeing in places that are being affected by um, changed weather patterns and the effects of humans is that cities are really taking they're taking the bull by the horns. They are putting rules. In into place to protect these places like venice is now limiting the number of people who can enter they charge a fee for coming to venice and then they charge an overnight fee on top if you plan to stay the night oh i did not know that Um, yeah one of my coworkers was telling me this the other day she said i believe and don't quote me on this if you're planning to go to venice please don't take my word for it Google things. Use this as a reference and then Google exactly what it is. Um, I believe what she said was that it was three euros a day and then seven euros per night. Just because like all the tourist traffic is not helping anything? No, and I think they limited it to 3,000 people per day, which sounds like a lot, but but is it 3,000 extra people, like tourists a day, not just the people that live there and work there and whatnot, right? Exactly. But if that sounds like a lot, But if you consider how many massive cruise ships anchor there all the time, my mind was completely blown last time I was there. Just you'd sit on the shore or on one of the banks and just watch ship after ship go through and completely block your view of Murano. Like if every single one of those cruise ships is full and all of those people get off, like that has an impact. Venice is an island. And I mean... Yeah, it can only hold so many people. Which I don't think that's something you typically think about. That would be like Hawaii here, like limiting how many people are allowed to visit at one given time. It's kind of nuts because it's a big destination for most people. And you don't think about the island not being able to support all the people that have come. Yeah, well, but good for them. I've heard a lot of people whine that, well, how dare they tax us? How dare they not? 
they have to have money to protect what is an incredible historical landmark. And people live there. You're destroying their home. Yeah. And tourists are not necessarily the funnest bunch of people to be around. If I had to be subjected to 3,000 somewhat drunk, obnoxious, and loud tourists on a daily basis, frankly, I'd charge them probably 10 euros a day. And that's why that would never work out. You have to start low. Yeah, well, you have to set it at a price that covers your costs, so. Yeah, but speaking of, like, touristry, industry kind of ruining thing, the Dead Sea is also one of those locations that's having um, a severe impact by probably tourist industry and whatnot. Yeah, because of the salt and the clay and the Dead Sea, and so many beauty brands that advertise they use Dead Sea salt or whatever combination of allegedly useful beauty products. Tiny shavings from the Dead Sea Scrolls are in their beauty products. I feel like like we would have heard about that. Probably. Could you imagine the cost of that? I'm just picturing a waiter at a restaurant with his little grater and the the scrolls being like, say when? Instead of like Parmesan. Sir, are you going to say when? I'll tell you when I'm done. More, please. (laughs) But it's one of those things that we don't think about the impact until we start seeing the impact for ourselves. Um, Gosh, I know I've had a few friends recently visit the Dead Sea and they witnessed tourists bottling up things like the clay or the sand or whatever it is and taking it home with them. If every single person who visits does that, there will be nothing left very, very quickly. Yeah, I don't know what it would look like if the Dead Sea is just not there anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, someday I would like to go swimming in the Dead Sea, which is saying a lot because I hate We're not water people, really. No. You would think that people from Seattle would like the water at least somewhat. I'm sorry. It's freaking cold when you go to the ocean or to the sound. That shit's cold up here. Oh, yeah. Here. I've been swimming in the sound. Yeah. It's freaking cold. Yeah. I don't recommend it. It's unpleasant. Not unless you have a dry suit. And even then. People surf here and it's just like, no, it's cold. Yeah. I have a family friend who I grew up with, their dad is a scuba diver. And so both daughters were scuba divers too. And every once in a while, they'd be like, hey, do you want to go? Sc-? No, but would you like? No, we'll give you a I no. Do, except the whole like cold part. If you can guarantee that I'm not going to be really cold, then I'll probably go. It, no. Or that I won't drown. Yeah, you'll be very cold no matter what. Yeah, I don't think there's, yeah, it's cold up here. Yeah, when I was a kid at camp, we had to go scuba diving, or not scuba diving, had to go swimming in the sound. And even if you didn't want to go swimming, they'd make you take a swim test, which involved jumping off a dock and swimming to the other side. Like when you're little, you just have to run in up to your shoulders and then dunk and then run back out. I could kind of I can manage do that. that but when you have to jump off the dock and swim the very first time i tried to do it i sank like a rock like i was basically on the bottom and had to be fished out because i immediately could not handle the cold mm-hmm. yeah and then i just didn't take the swim test for the next few years they'd get me out onto the dock they'd say one two three jump and i'd stand there and go okay bye <laughs> Hard pass. I'm good without the swimming. Yeah, no, I, I've i done the same summer camp. I jumped in. It was cold. Nope. Let me back up. I'm done. I don't oh my to gosh. swim. I have a breaking news update. My mom just texted me a picture of a capuchin monkey that she met on their cruise. I mean, Did not on the them? boat itself, but it's so cute. On Look at adventure. the monkey. Is it named Jack? I will be posting this picture to the Instagram so you can all see the amazing it's- cute monkey. It's pretty cute. I'm not a fan of monkeys because a lot of monkey sanctuaries out there, like, people get bit. You have stood between me and my love of monkeys 
for so long. I swear, on one of our trips, we will see a monkey, and Maybe you will like not stop papuchins. me. Like the little guys. I don't want to get mugged by a monkey. Um, but what a good story that on. would be. Okay, missed opportunity for our last episode, monkeys. <laughs> Travel fears, just monkeys. I don't want to, I, I was told by Sarah that if, where are we trying to go? The bamboo forest? Somewhere with monkeys. Just monkey sanctuary somewhere? Um, we talked about. one of the places we wanted to go to were the hot springs where the monkeys bathe. Uh, I don't know about that. Anyways, I was told that I could tit punch Sarah if I got bit by a monkey. That was like the only like. I am positive that never in my life have I told anyone they could tit punch me. No, I'm pretty sure I have a screen cap of this. I'll have to find it. But there was... I did not say tit punch. Maybe just punch and I added it in the last part. I might have embellished, but there was punching involved if I got bit by a monkey. At worst, I said boob punch. Same thing. I just made it classier. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you're known for. Really elevating the conversation. Wow. Rude. Anyways. Says no. the person who just said tit punch. Yeah. How many times do you think we could say tit punch before my mom turns off the recording? Tit punch. Is this like the new penis game? Tit punch. Penis! Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think we've both been written out of our parents' wills. Uh, No, I think my mom will keep me. She knows I'm kind of weird, so. You got it from somewhere. Sorry, Marilyn. Whatever. I'm the favorite child because I'm fun. Fun. Implied air quotes. Um, back on topic. You notice we get on a lot of tangents. This one was my mom's fault, though. Monkeys. Yeah, it was. So, so we were talking about the Dead Sea. Um, yeah. So maybe if you visit the Dead Sea, don't like bring buckets and buckets of the salt water and the silt and whatever back with you. Dead Sea clay. Don't do I that. I wonder if the Blue Lagoon will start having problems like that. I don't think it's out of the question. I think Iceland has been less has been a travel destination less longer than the Dead Sea. So it's probably not faced the True. impact quite as much. But you can't discount the huge impact of their sudden onslaught of tourists. It's runoff water, you guys. Well, who doesn't love a little runoff water? There's other places you can go. Just saying. No. Just saying. Oh, yeah. So um, the other place... That we both really, or at least I really want to go to. I assume you also want to go there. I want to go. Um, yes, we've talked about this. Well, no, this. I know, but it wasn't like the number one priority. We are currently in the process of planning a Central South America trip. Yeah. And so one of the places that came up was the Galapagos. I really, really, really want to see some gigantic turtles. Me too. And spend like three days watching them move like five feet. Have you ever heard about um, the turtles being sent back from the Galapagos to England and what happened to them? Is it sad? Because I feel like that's a lot of stories. It's a little sad. Was from early exploration and like, hey, we found this really cool animal. Let's send it back to Europe. And um, Yeah, I don't remember the exact details, but essentially they Darwin and his um, expedition went to the Galapagos found the turtles and thought, we have to send these back to England for further examination. So they put... Well, yeah, they probably were, like, ginormous yeah, already. Well, gigantic turtle on a boat. The crew gets a little hungry. Oh! So they eat the turtle. But they find out that no. that turtle was delicious. So the crew gets to England, tells the next set of people going back, like, hey, check out that turtle. Delicious. 
So the crew goes to the Galapagos. They get loaded up with a couple turtles to send back to England, send it back. They confirmed, yeah, turtles are delicious. And they did this over and over again. And eventually they were like, okay, you guys, we're not sending any more turtles back to England because you keep eating the specimens. Like they don't make I think it back. They, said they attempted to send 12 turtles back to the UK, but not a single one made it back because each crew Aww. told the next one, you don't understand. This is the best thing we've ever eaten. So um, if, you, if you're a turtle and you meet a British explorer, run. Run. You, you kick those flippers into high gear and you scuttle your way away. Or just do your best to look diseased. Aww. Maybe maybe gimp a little, get a little snot going. Just start telling him, look, I'm a leper, you guys. <laughs> Why do you think I'm on this island? That's so sad. Poor turtles. Yeah. And that turtles. is the reason why you should visit the Galapagos. Because people keep eating the turtles. Actually, I don't think they've done that in quite a while. But the, the general takeaway is that humans are impacting the animal population there pretty drastically. Well... Not only are people messing with animal populations, or it's it's the landscape too. I mean, during the government shutdown here, people are messing with the Joshua trees, like just being really disrespectful to like national parks and whatnot. Yeah, not don't do trees. it. And there's always stories about someone who's graffitied some ancient rock formation, or was it the story about the Boy Scouts who knocked over um, some standing rock somewhere? I don't remember where that was exactly. But and then the scout leader was like, well, boys will be boys. No, you're the adult. You tell them to knock it off. Nope. Because it kind of sounds like boys will be boys, but you let them be boys. But That's not even being boys. That's being little monsters. Not to be confused with Lady Gaga's little monsters. No, I don't think they're nearly as destructive. (laughs) It's just, you know, as as a tourist, please make sure that you are being respectful to the the history, the landscape, everything that you're interacting with. You know, yeah. don't destroy it. Leave it. Make sure that it's left there for other people, other generations to love and appreciate yeah, as well. That was one of the things that was kind of hard when my sister and her family came to visit last year. We went to London and my nephew, literally the only thing in the entire world he wanted to see was Big Ben. Why? I don't know. I I mean, obviously, it's a very important landmark, but I don't know why that one why appealed not? to him particularly. But when we got there, it was... Maybe he likes big clocks. clocks. pretty cool, um, I guess. Yeah, cool. Uh, big Ben was completely covered in scaffolding, and he was not livid about it, but he was clearly not thrilled. And he kept saying, you know, I came all the way here. This is all I wanted to see, and I can't see it. I'm like, here's the thing, buddy. Did he try traveling by map? He did not try traveling by map, like, but my what? sister did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I told him, like, hey, buddy, like, yeah, I get it that it sucks. You flew around the world, and this is what you were looking forward to, and you can't see it because it's covered up. But what is better? You get to see it now, but it's damaged and gone in 20 years. Or you don't get to see it now, but you have your whole life ahead of you to come back and see it. Because they're taking care of it now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's when we were in London, one of the things I wanted to do, as cheesy as it sounds, is that I wanted to do one of the Jack the Ripper walking tours because 
true crime. I freaking love it. And and it's fascinating. And it's, I like the weird, probably a little bit dark and gory history at places. But one of the things they mentioned is that they're slowly losing like landmarks in the areas where um, some of the killings happen because everything's changing and modernizing. So it's one of those things I was really grateful that we did it while mm-hmm. we were there. Because who knows how much will be left in like five, ten years to see on a tour. Like it might not be much of anything. So, you know, it may be cheesy, but appreciate what you can see when you're there, even though it may not be perfect and pristine or, you know, fully unblocked by scaffolding or something. Yeah. And that that's the double edged sword is sword. Words are hard. The double-edged the what? sword. Fish. Yes, this double-edged swordfish. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible John Travolta movie. Swordfish. Yeah, anyways. Um, the double-edged swordfish in this moment. Is that, yes, I tried to tell him that the fact that they were renovating and repairing Big Ben was very good. But on the other hand, that's exactly what they were doing to Notre Dame. And that was not good. So, Well, not in that moment. I mean, it's good that they're doing it, but... Um, they done goofed a little. Yeah, somebody didn't get to come back to work the next day. Probably all of them, actually. But that guy definitely was not coming back for quite a while. That guy probably just kind of quit, just walked into the sunset, and like, I am so sorry, everybody. Yeah. E. But yeah, so we are impacting things pretty negatively. But uh, where was I going with that? Try and be conscientious in, in your part. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I think it's very, very important to get out there and see things, see the history of places, but just do your part to help preserve it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, if just you have the- Help help take care of things. If you have the privilege to see and experience something, that comes with the responsibility of leaving it as you found it so that someone else after you will have the same privilege. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Share it for everybody. Yep. So do we want to- was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that covers a lot of it. I think so. Do you have a travel tip that you want to do for this week? Yeah, in the vein of seizing the opportunity to see something before it's gone, um, I suggest setting price alerts in an app like Hopper or anything of that nature where you can say, I want to go here, here, and here, and it'll tell you when the prices drop. Because you truly don't know when you're going to be able to see these things. Like, for instance, the Azure window in Malta, which is famous in its own right, but was also really famous for having been in a scene on Game of Thrones. In the one episode you've seen, um, it fell down, uh, what, a year ago, two years ago, around the time when I was looking at tickets to go to Malta. And that wasn't Oh, that no. wasn't the reason I wanted to go, but it would have been a very nice thing to see. And it would have been part of the trip. Exactly. And I missed that opportunity by, I don't know, maybe a month. So set the alerts, list everything you could possibly want to see, because you never know when suddenly there's going to be super cheap air for airfare and you can seize that opportunity and go see it. Do not grin at me like that. Words are hard. <laughs> What's an air fort? It's a fort in that the sky. That sounds cool. Like an airplane? It's when you build a blanket fort on an airplane. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Life goals. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. When we get one of those stupid lucky ones where it's like a half empty flight and be like, okay, everybody. Blanket fort. This is going down. Everyone pass your airline blankets over. We're doing it. But it's got to have okay. tunnels so that the trolley carts can come through. Oh, yeah. Of course. Obviously. We don't want to block the snacks. Snacks are just important. Yeah, so that was my tip. 
my travel tip is uh, good shows to watch on Netflix or whatever streaming things that you have. There's a show called Departures that I started watching before we went to our first trip. It's uh, two Canadians because who doesn't love a good Canadian story? Um, sorry, and- what? Sorry, what sorry, did you say? Sorry, can you pass the maple syrup? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's. I like that that Canadian person turned British at the end. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's two Canadians, and they're going around to different places in the world, and they're just they're just experiencing and venturing. I don't know. It's a really good story. You see a lot of beautiful places, and it just made me really excited to, for our trip. The fact that I was finally going to get out there, I was going to see a lot of the world. So that's one of the shows that I recommend. I think there's two seasons. Um, an Anthony Bourdain's show. Whichever one that you want to do, I, they're fascinating. It's an interesting perspective from his point of view because he's kind of negative, I guess. I don't kinda. know. Okay. Well, he's my kind of people uh, with <laughs> probably more negative view of a lot of things, but still appreciates the good pl- like the good views, the places, the food, the people. So, you know, it, watching more of the Anthony Bourdain shows and all the places he's going to, it's like, I want to go there. I want to eat that. So, you know, if you need something to help you else daydream, plan, figure out where you want to go. Those are a couple of my favorite shows to watch. Uh, Just a word to the wise. If you happen to be one of my fellow people living in Dusseldorf, skip the episode on Cologne because at the end he visits Dusseldorf with people from Cologne and spends like the last 15 minutes being like, God, these dumb Dusseldorfers. I mean that's slightly paraphrasing but they're they're all in the they're in a bar in Dusseldorf just mocking everyone and I was sitting there going I liked Cologne until now <laughs> I like Cologne I like Dusseldorf Oh I love Cologne but I was sitting there like getting a little offended on their behalf I was like wait a second I'm not from here why do I'm I care a transplant uh, now I need to find that episode because I am so intrigued. Yeah, it's in all fairness, it's pretty funny. But I was sitting there going, mm, jerk. But you, it made you want to go to Cologne and show those people that, you know, the Dusseldorfers know what's up. No, you can't do that because Cologne is better. I didn't say that. You cannot prove that I ever said that. I just like Dusseldorfer. <laughs> I'm way too amused with that. Oh, good grief. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Dusseldorfers, join us next time where hopefully we actually do talk travel safety. Um, in theory. Provided nothing else tragic happens in the world where we lose more history, hopefully. Knock it off, fires. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, I think that's everything for us this week. Okay, we will see you back next week. Bye! Bye! Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at HooliganMonster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to c2unknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!